Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 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 Jonathan Dunn here, um, kind of back in the saddle of teaching. It's been, man, it's probably been at least three weeks, maybe more, since I've done one of these morning teachings. So it's good to be back. And uh, we're halfway through the meeting of Jesus with Nicodemus at night, um, our Nick at Night uh, saga. And uh, so we're going to take a look and see if we can finish it up. And it's it's a fascinating presentation that that John gives here uh, and uh, we can learn a lot from it um, Matt did a great teaching and then uh, uh, got us about halfway through and what's interesting here is that you know up through verse 9 Nicodemus really doesn't say much in this whole interaction and then after verse 9 when Nicodemus said how can these things be in other words you know he's Jesus talks to Nicodemus about the new birth, and we discussed that a lot. 
uh, during Matt's teaching. And then when Nicodemus says, you know, how, how is this possible or how can this be? In other words, I'm asking for some more explanation. Um, he doesn't say anything else after that. John doesn't allow uh, Nicodemus to have a response after Jesus talks again. And so Jesus goes up through verse 15 in his response to Nicodemus after verse 9. And then, and then uh, beginning verse 16, the Apostle John begins to give some commentary on, on the interaction. And uh, so we're going to finish up wh- what Jesus says to Nicodemus after Nicodemus says, basically saying, I, I, how in the world is this, you know, what, what's going on here, essentially? I'm confused and I need you to clarify. And then we're going to finish up how Jesus responds and then uh, we'll probably have a little time to look at John's narrative on it or his comments on it. So Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a master of Israel and knowest not these things? So, in other words, Nicodemus is understood to be possibly the greatest religious instructor in all of Israel. Okay? Okay, the teacher. And so it's, if you go back to um, uh, verse 2, is it? Yeah. Ruler. Ruler of the Jews. Um, really, that's it, it's more of the teacher. Um, and so Jesus validates Nicodemus as sort of a master of Israel. In other words, he is... If anybody has a question, you go to Nicodemus. You know, he's the top of the chain in terms of... So, you know, you have a, a dispute in, in the synagogue, you know, in, in a little town over here then, you know, it gets kind of passed up the ladder and the last one is Nicodemus and he's going to be the final word. And so Jesus says to him, you know, you're supposed to be the smartest person in all of Israel and you don't understand a concept about a spiritual birth. In other words, uh, if you really understood the Old Testament, Nicodemus, because he was supposed to be an expert in the law, right? You're supposed to be an instructor then you would understand what I'm saying. However, we know that actually Nicodemus probably didn't read the Old Testament a whole lot. Right. Really. What did he read, Betty? I, what, the, the Mishnah? There's the mic. Will you give that? Hey, Will you grab that? They, they, they had all these other things they would read and the, these different little, you know... Yeah, I don't know how complete the Mishnah was at that time, but that's what they did. They debated the, the minutia of the law. Okay, of the 613 laws of Moses, as opposed to going back to to the account of the garden when God breathed His Spirit into Adam and spiritual life yeah. came and then it left. Mm-hmm. That's not what they studied. They yeah. studied the minutia of the do's and don'ts of the yeah. law. Curses. Yeah. The curses. Now, if you re- if in reading, as 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 Betty alluded to, if you begin to read the Old Testament and you see that concept presented in Genesis. Um, two seven. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. In other words, the spirit of life, the ruach of life. And the man became a living creature. In other words, that is what brought him alive. <clears throat> and then in the fall, you know, experienced a spiritual death, as we understand it, reading it these days. Um. And then it's as after that everything just goes south. 
Right? So the narrative of the book of Genesis then just follows through into God trying to overcome just that spiritual death by giving the law, and then the Jews got stuck on the law. But then if you read the book of Judges, and if you read First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, the Kings Chronicles, and you begin to see that the Old Testament, the big picture, shows us really how it's impossible for us to connect with God with a dead spirit. My wife just got finished reading the book of Judges. She's doing one of those Bible reading plans. And she'll be sitting, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching a movie or reading a book, and she'll be over there reading the book of Judges, and then she'll just go, oh my goodness. you Because know? <laughs> some of the stuff in the book of Judges will make you want to cry and make you wonder why it's in the Bible. It's, 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 it's bad stuff, and these are the people of God that's, you know? And so those are the things... That Jesus is saying, listen, the Old Testament points to how desperately we need a spiritual awakening. And, but actually, it is also prophesied in the Old Testament. And so I am telling you that I am here to fulfill those prophecies. Will somebody turn to Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27? Betty, if you'll take that one. Matt, if you'll take um, Isaiah 44, 3. And then, uh, Cindy, would you do Ezekiel eleven nineteen as well? These are just uh, a few of the Old Testament passages that uh, if Nicodemus was really familiar with these, he would understand what Jesus is talking about. Go ahead, yeah. Betty. Ezekiel 36, 26 uh, and 27. Yep. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you mm. and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Hallelujah. Now go ahead, Matt, with Isaiah 44.3. Is that yeah, one I gave you? Yeah, you did. Okay. It says, uh, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. And floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon your offspring. Amen. Amen. So the blessing, the blessing coming is the spirit. Okay. So Cindy, you got Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Yes. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Okay. So these are the things that. Anyone who was learning in the Old Testament really, really read it. Those are the verses that would pop out. Because there would be this awareness that a new spirit is desperately needed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that it's impossible to keep the law without the, the Holy Spirit of God enabling us to do it because we in our own dead spirits we can't do it so so that that is explains to me verse 10 of why Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says you know if you really essentially saying to him if you really were the master teacher of Israel this would not be so hard for you to grasp but you're showing me right now that um, you're kind of far from it. 
Nicodemus. You're, you're just really off, my friend. Um, and then in verse 11, it's an interesting verse, but I think it's, it's, it's actually a little simpler than we might want to try to make it. it. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. And Jesus is using plural there and referencing uh, the Trinity, for one thing, God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, but also uh, speaking of the apostles, the prophets, you know? And, and so he's bringing in this, this that there are, it's not just me, it's the it's the prophets, it's even Abraham, it's Moses, it's you know Elijah, it's it's Isaiah, it's Ezekiel, it's David, it you know the Psalms saying, look, we speak about something we really know. In other words, you're confused, but we are not. <laughs> That's essentially what Jesus is saying. We know what we're talking about here. You don't know. But but we do, and we're confident in that. So he's reasserting his assurance that that he, he really he really does know what he's doing. Yeah. And Nicodemus maybe not not be with it, but but he's not confused. And so Jesus is going to continue uh, to fulfill the call for which he came, and fulfilling all the prophecies. And uh, so even though you're confused. And I'm not, you still don't want to hear what I have to say. So, Right? That's the last part. You receive not our witness. Yeah. In other words, Nicodemus, you're not receiving what Ezekiel said. Right. That's right. If, if you receive the concept that uh, Ezekiel said in chapter 36 that God's going to put a new spirit within you, then when I come and I say that... That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, then you wouldn't be so confused. But you've rejected Ezekiel. You've rejected Isaiah. You're not paying attention to what God has already said through the prophets that it, that will now be fulfilled in me. Because I have a prophetic ministry that's going to fulfill the prophets and I'm also going to call forth things. And he's about to start doing that in just a minute. Um, yeah, go ahead. Babe. I don't want to throw you off, but no, throw, this is where this fine. is where makes me think of why Jesus wept over Jerusalem and said, "Oh Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those yeah. sent to you, mm. you've been given all this rich yeah. truth and you've totally rejected it." And he, yeah. it caused Jesus to weep at, at that point. It's heartbreaking, yeah. yeah. And so you see some of that frustration coming out here at Nicodemus, you know, that. Uh, it's not that God's not trying to talk to us. Yeah. God, God is trying to talk to us all the time. Are we willing to hear what He has to say? Go ahead, man. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I think about the, the the gifts, right? Like Nicodemus is struggling with the Spirit, but like today we struggle with the gifts because we don't understand it. So like when we don't understand it, we just like throw it out. Like I don't I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't want to deal with that. I don't get it, so I don't believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? People do that all uh -huh. the time. So it's like Nicodemus is like, I don't understand this spiritual stuff, so I don't believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, right he's that. That's true. We it, people still have the 
this struggle that Nicodemus has today. I don't understand it. You know, and and the word would point you to it. Right. As we're looking at, if Nicodemus was in the Old Testament in the Word, instead of just debating 632 laws, or however many it is, 613. You know. By the way, this is a side note. You know, some people will read the Old Testament and go, "Man, why did God put in that thing about the mother's milk and the calf?" You know. And I don't really have an answer except for. I kind of came to a conclusion where I think God put some of those laws in there just for fun because He knew He couldn't keep them anyway. <laughs> he just, threw in a he just, he just created some humor for Himself. You know? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Verse 12. Verse 12. So then, uh, Jesus. so Nicodemus is asking for more clarification. Um. You know, Jesus is showing some frustration at him. And then he says, look, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall believe you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, now, in other words, what are the earthly things that Jesus has tried to say? He's tried to present to Nicodemus the concept of a spiritual birth yeah. with a, you know, earthly, like a physical birth. Yeah, he's trying to relate it. And then he tries to relate it to when. So he's trying to connect these ideas to Nicodemus with things that he can, you know, grasp with his earthly mind, but he he still won't take it in. And so Jesus is saying, look, I don't know how else to talk to you about this. (laughs) Like, I can't use spiritual language because you can't even understand the simple concept of a spiritual birth in comparison to a physical birth. So... If, how in the world am I supposed to begin to interact with you on an even higher spiritual plane? Right. So your question of how can this be, like you, you're not even receiving the, the very basic thing that I'm presenting to you. So why, how, why am I going to continue to give you even more things? It's confusing even more. You know? Um, so, in other words, which is good, yeah. Which is good. Yeah, Jesus just says, I, you know, I'm not going to keep, you know, f- uh, feeding you uh, information that's just going to uh, uh, cause even more controversy and cause me more problems. It, exactly. And so, now, you, I, I want you to understand that in ministry, you will encounter people like Nicodemus. Who, as you begin to give teach, I mean, Betty, I've encountered them, Pastor Rick. And on these trips we go on, you know, most of the people that go on the trips are just hungry and they're open. But most trips have one or two or three who just don't want to receive whatever you're saying. Yeah. And so, we, as Betty was saying, we have to look at Jesus and say, how are we going to deal with that? It, it's a real ministry problem that Jesus is dealing here with here, is how to interact with people. And as Betty said... Um, you have to wait for God to open up their spiritual minds to receive the most basic things. Because if you continue to try to force feed them, if you continue to try to force feed them, then it's just going to backfire and end up causing even more problems. So there's a point where you just have to back off and give them some space so that God can move in their heart. Because it's not that, that... 
you're not teaching it right or that, you know, they're not smart enough. It's that they've made a decision that they want to resist what, what, what is being presented to them. Go ahead, Betty. Well, this is really getting digging into something, but I would call this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Why this would be the unforgivable sin. Because it's the Holy Spirit that convicts and shows you truth. And when you, you, Jesus gives this truth, spiritual truth to Nicodemus and he... Twelve. Twelve. I'm on um, twelve where Jesus says... The blasphemy says, of the Holy Spirit isn't yeah. here in this passage. I'm saying that when we discuss that, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? I think we're seeing it happen right here. Mm-hmm. He is resisting the work of the Holy Spirit that could enlighten him to truth. Yeah. And that's why it's the unforgivable sin because only the Holy Spirit can bring us into truth. And when we resist him... He's given us everything he's got. He's given us his word, like you listed, David, and all. He's given us everything. The Holy Spirit enlightens it to us, and we still resist it. Mm -hmm. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually, uh, Betty, (coughs) blasphemy is uh, knowingly, meaning... You 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 know what you're doing, you understand, and so you resist. Okay. Now, so uh, I said that uh, could be a uh, can of worms. In, in, in this case, <laughs> I see him <laughs> as not able to come to understanding. The Holy Spirit can help the simplest child come to understanding. Yeah, but you're talking about unforgivable sin. If if Nicodemus is actually sinning against the Holy Spirit, here is because he uh, has understood and actually denied it. But he's not understanding. So he can't be. He can't he be. He says, you do not receive our witness. That's Meaning, saying. you don't receive because you don't understand. But when you understand, well. So there's a line you cross when you, when you come to a place where you know it's true, but you still reject it. That's what Pastor Rick is saying. You know it's true, but you still reject it. Then you're in big trouble. So, so Jesus then says, uh, so then Jesus follows up and says, <clears throat> kind of gives some clarification to Nicodemus in saying, look, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in or from, should have been translated, which is from heaven. In other words, <clears throat> uh, Nicodemus, I'm trying to... I'm, I am from heaven. <clears throat> you are from earth. And you've never been to heaven. Okay? So, yeah, I mean, he's just really breaking it down for our, our brother here who's struggling. So, I'm, I'm not going to start unloading these deep heavenly truths that I know from being in the bosom of the Father before I came to earth. I, I can't begin to unload that on you. You will... Your physical body will implode. <laughs> I mean, when you think about heaven, you know, I, I love one of the things that uh, I love is that we talk a lot here about that vision that Ezekiel had and that Isaiah had and John had of heaven with the cherubim and the six wings that stretch out so far and all the colors and all the noise and the sound of the wings, you know, and 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 just the colors and the brightness of it and and the vibrancy that. Uh, 
it's just it's such a sensory experience. It's got to be so overwhelming, you know. And Jesus is saying, I, I've, I've been there. Actually, that, that's, I lived there since all of eternity. I'm very familiar with it. That's actually my home, and I'm very looking forward to going back there after I finish my task, you know. And how am, I, how am I supposed to start talking to you, Nicodemus, about the cherubim with the six wings? I can't tell you about that. You know? That'll just send you... Yeah, that's just a mind grenade. You know? So, so he's telling Nicodemus that he's got, to, he's got to come down a little bit with how he thinks about himself. Because, see, Nicodemus thinks that he's in a place where he can begin to understand heavenly things, and he's not. He's well, simply see, not. We've been talking about this week that truth and the prophetic side of, of course, verse, uh, verse 14, Jesus quotes Old Testament in Numbers 21, 5. Mm-hmm. He must be lifted up on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but Nicodemus is dealing with Revelation. See, he can't reveal. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is now about to explain to him the, the details of Revelation. Because you only know Christ if he's revealed to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who are called cannot come to the Father. So, <clears throat> behind, behind what Jesus is saying here to Nicodemus about this earthly things versus heavenly things and where Nicodemus really is in his ability to understand is uh is first corinthians 2 14 the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of god but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit and so that is what pastor rick is saying is that until you have a spiritual birth into the kingdom of god you will not be able to understand these things now, Jesus tries to connect once again. In the last verse, he tries to throw Nicodemus a little bone here by quoting the Old Testament, which Pastor Rick brings up, to say, okay, after saying all these things, I'm going to give you one more example that maybe years, a few years from now, after I'm resurrected... It'll come back to your mind, Nicodemus. Okay? And because he says, and Moses, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. In other words, um, we don't have time to go back and read it. I've only got a few minutes here. But people were, were dying of a sickness. I can't remember what it was. Snake bites? And so he put a. Yeah, it was snakes, snake bites there. And so God told Moses to set up this bronze snake. Put a pole, and anybody who would come and look at it, they would not die of the snake bites. It's it's a really kind of oddball sort of passage, you know, in the book of Numbers. But but that happened. Anybody who came and looked on the snake that was that Moses uh, uh, erected there would not die of these snake bites. And so Jesus tries to relate who he is and what he is going to do with that prophetic act that Moses did, way back there in the book of Numbers, trying to bring Nicodemus into 
something that he already understands, okay, to try to propel him into faith in Jesus. You see, once again, it goes back to believing, to faith. Because he, he says here in verse 12, okay, you believe not. How shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So he says, I'm not going into heavenly things. I'll, I'll give you one more example of an earthly thing, something that happened with Moses in the Old Testament. Okay, and then maybe you will begin to believe. So he says, even so, the Son of Man be lifted up. Prophetic. There it is again. The prophetic. Jesus knows why he's here. Long before he sees the cross, he knows he's going to have to be lifted up on the cross. And he knows that it's for salvation, the purpose of salvation that he's doing it because we need to be saved from our sins and we need a spiritual new birth. And so he says to Nicodemus, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He brings in there the uh, concept of eternal life. So as those who are bitten by the snakes would perish, in other words, die unless they looked at the snake, then the same thing, those who are not willing to look upon Jesus and put their faith on Him on the cross will not be able to receive their eternal life. So the way to the Holy Spirit is through the cross. What is it? The, uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? So the Spirit testifies to Jesus convicts that Jesus is the Son of God, convicts of the righteousness of Jesus, brings you to a place of repentance and faith. Because without faith, uh, none of this is possible. It has to be through faith. And Jesus is pointing that out in Nicodemus that, look, your mind is getting in the way. You have to have faith. That, That is the doorway, that is the pathway to any of this, is faith in the Son of Man who's going to go on the cross. Anybody want to add a comment at the end? Go ahead, Betty. I want to say the story ends well. Because in John 19, Nicodemus goes and ministers to the body of of Jesus. That's right. He sure does. So he does does become converted. He does come into faith. Hallelujah. So it ends well. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Betty. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Right here at LightOfRain.com. We'll be streaming our... Uh, evening Bible study, our Thursday night Bible study, and I uh, hope you'll hope you'll join us for that. Let me pray for you. God bless my brothers and sisters today as they uh, put their hand to the plow and see what sort of kingdom work you have for them today. As they wrestle for the families in prayer, as they are overcoming problems, God, that you would give victory in every situation. In Jesus' name, Amen. See you tomorrow. See you tonight at seven. Tomorrow at 9.